Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love and body image and self-confidence and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks. I love book books. I love Kindle. I love all the forms of books. Just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books. And I actually add to this list. So there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it. But I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever. So I've created this book list and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books. And I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, maryscupoftea.com slash books. Go get it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. How are you doing? I am busy. I hate using that word because I don't like wearing busy as a badge of honor, but that is the only word to describe my situation right now because I am working on a very special project, which I'm going to announce to you next week. And I am so excited. I hope you're going to be excited too when you hear about it. But that is involving a lot of preparation and meetings and putting things together. And I just cannot wait to share it with you. I'm also a pretty bad secret keeper. And so I am low-key pretty impressed with myself. The fact that I have been able to keep this a secret for over a year now. But recent events and actually a couple different things have brought up this conversation of how to let go of control and perfectionism and really step into more surrender and flow. And this is something that I actually work on myself a lot, especially when it comes to like eating disorder recovery, because so much of it is about surrendering and letting your body be and trusting yourself around food and all kinds of very like spiritual grounding concepts. I don't know if you've listened to the last episode that I did with Jessica Flint, but she is really incredible in the eating disorder recovery space. And she's also a very spiritual person. So she brings a lot of those principles in. And if you're in recovery, I highly recommend listening to that because not only is her message so necessary and needed for those of us in recovery, but the way she presents it that just adds this spiritual, esoteric air to it. And it just makes the whole journey just seem really, I don't know, just like bigger than just about food and body. You know what I mean? So anyways, today I want to talk to you about how to let go of control and perfectionism. I think a lot of people can relate to this because 
Control and perfectionism shows up in so many different areas of our lives. Of course, food and body image is like the obvious one. Like we try to control food. We try to control how our body looks. Um, But there's also other areas in your life where this can show up. And I was actually recently um, hanging out with my boyfriend and we met up with a couple of friends. And I was talking about, actually, no, we met up with his cousin. And I was talking about how his dear cousin, I always felt this need to like impress her because to me, she seems like perfect. Like she is beautiful. She's so well-spoken and educated and interesting. And I always feel like I want to impress her and connect with her. And because of that, every time that I see her, I just find myself being just a little bit on edge, like a little bit inauthentic, like I'm still me, but I'm just trying a little hard and I'm choosing my words carefully and I'm not letting myself be like the fullest expression of myself because I'm too busy thinking about like, oh, well, what am I going to say in order to like really connect with this person? And obviously the paradox is that the more you try to, you know, be perceived a certain way, the less you are that way because you're really taking yourself out of the present moment and you're just spending so much time in your head like overanalyzing and criticizing yourself and trying to come up with the right thing to say. And then by the time you say it, it comes out weird and then you're beating yourself up about it. And then it's just people can sense the energy when you are trying too hard. So we were just having that conversation in the car yesterday. And I was thinking about like how the people I love the most are not perfect. Like my closest friends are not perfect. My boyfriend is not perfect and I really don't want him to be. Um, But so why, like, why do I think I will love myself more if I'm perfect? Do you know what I mean? Like if I love other people so deeply, despite their imperfections, actually a lot of the times because of their imperfections, because that's what makes them quirky and funny and cool and just them, I guess, then why am I expecting like this level of perfection from myself? And so for me personally, after I overcame like the food and body image thing, um, you know, perfectionism and control really shows up in like how I talk to people and my word choice and my writing and just always wanting to say the right thing. And so that that's where I catch myself like trying to be very perfectionistic. But other areas this can show up as like money, like really trying to control your money situation um, and getting really anxious if the number in the bank account goes down. And I know that we all have different circumstances, but I think that we all have a certain level of money anxiety when we feel like we're not doing enough or we're not making enough. And we constantly try to control how much money we're spending. And especially with um, just a lot of self-help things that we see, it's always about like, don't buy that latte. And then we suddenly feel really bad for doing something nice for ourselves. And so a lot of the times people try to control money or um, grades or anything related to or anything to do with like work and school, right? And a lot of the times our brain also attaches to numbers. So even something like time, like always being on time, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like I love and appreciate people who always show up on time. But if you're like mega stressed about it, like showing up on time, and if you're not early, then you're late um, and you're constantly being ruled by your calendar and your to-do list and your productivity, like that is another way that perfectionism shows up where we feel like we need to earn our worth, right? Like we feel like if I could just 
say the right thing or do the right thing or be the right thing, then I will be worthy and then I will be perfect. And if I'm perfect, then I'm worthy. And so um, just a couple other things I wrote down is like kids, like trying to control kids or family members or what your friends think of you or what other people think of you, what strangers think of you. Like all of that boils down to trying to control things that are really outside of ourselves. And when I was doing research on this, because I was really curious about what psychologists have to say about this, there was a lot of like quotes about like, only focus on the things you can control. And the the reason why I have a problem with that quote is because it makes it seem like there's a lot of things that we can control when in reality, like there's not that much we can control. Um, I mean, yeah, to an extent you have control over what you say and what, what you do and who you become. But the more we, this is like a very, sorry to get geeky with you, but this is like a very neoliberal perspective that's all about like, if you just work hard, then you can have whatever you want. When in reality, there's so many social forces at play, like your family or your community or where you come from or your genetics, like when it comes to like health and weight and things like that. Just my point is, there's so many more things outside of your control than we think. And we very much buy into this model that everything's in your control. And if it's to be, it's up to me. And I am in charge of everything and everyone. And I must strive to always be that way, to be perfect and have a perfect life and a perfect everything else. So again, I'm not saying that it's bad to want to achieve things or accomplish goals. And obviously, I am all about that. But I just don't want us to blindly fall into something that is actually going to end up hurting our mental health because we get so self-critical when we don't achieve that, you know, unrealistic perfectionist standard. So how perfectionism, how I see it working is that you kind of create this unachievable unrealistic expectation and then you drive yourself crazy trying to achieve it and then you hate yourself if for whatever reason you don't achieve it and usually we think that reason that we didn't achieve it is somehow our fault like I failed the interview or I wasn't good enough or I wasn't pretty enough or I this or I that but in reality like usually that result is actually outside of our control And so a lot of my coaches used to say, like, be committed to the process, but don't be married to the result. So obviously they were saying this in terms of like business stuff. So like be committed to the project, your your passion, your purpose, like whatever you're doing, like put your all into it, but don't be married to the result, whether that's money or followers or success or some kind of uh, badge of honor or accomplishment or you know what I mean. So it is great to be really into what you're doing and want to strive for greatness and excellence. And with that being said, greatness and excellence is not perfection. Perfection is a totally different, unrealistic, crippling expectation that more often than not, we're not able to achieve and we blame ourselves when it was doomed to fail from the beginning. And so I actually heard Brene Brown say something along the lines of like, perfectionism is like this false shield where we think that we're protecting ourselves from 
judgment and failure and vulnerability. But in reality, we're just closing off ourselves. We're just making things harder on ourselves. So it's this shield that we think will protect us, but it really just ends up isolating us. And so I'm just a firm believer and go with the flow and try to let go and, and, and live your life and, and don't try to be perfect and be really into what you're doing. And, and it's wonderful to be passionate and it's great to be committed to your goals, but don't be married to this one certain outcome, this one certain result. So I've just come up with a few things that have helped me the most. And the reason why I'm doing this episode is because as I was reading like blog posts and advice about it, I just saw a lot of like cliches about like, you know, just let go and a lot of things that are easier said than done. Um, and just, I don't know, things that just didn't seem helpful. So I wrote down a couple things that I hope are going to be very like tangible for you where you can actually apply this to all areas of your life, but especially when it comes to like food and body image, because the, the search for perfectionism and control is the driving factor behind so much of our body image struggles. And I think we all kind of know that deep down inside, but for some reason we get stuck in this trap of like, okay, last time, let me try a diet and let me be perfect at it. And then this time it'll work, but then it never works. You know what I mean? So here's some things that will probably help you just surrender. So firstly, challenge yourself to be really bad at something. Like when was the last time that you let yourself be horrible at something, just really, really bad. And you fully owned that you were bad at it. Um, but it was okay because like you were trying something new. And um, an example that I have is like, I am currently taking ballet class probably like once a week or every other week. Um, we have this socially distant ballet class where they only take like a maximum of five students in a giant studio. So I felt really comfortable like going back to ballet. And I haven't danced in gosh, it's had to have been like seven years. And I used to dance a lot like in middle and high school, but then I quit and I didn't dance in college at all. So then I come back to ballet (laughs) and I put myself in an advanced class, not because I wanted to be in an advanced class, but because it was the only time that worked for me. And so I'm surrounded by literally prima ballerinas, like no joke, two of the dancers in my class, they are from New York City Ballet. New York City Ballet. And they moved back to like be with their mom here in Arizona or something. So anyways, they're attending this class and this girl like literally on point shoes, like leg up to her nose, like the guys can spin six times in the air. Like they are amazing. And the the other students in the class are actually teachers at the same studio. So I am literally surrounded by (laughs) experienced dancers that have danced their whole lives, that dance for companies, that do these shows and performances that are so freaking flexible, that are literally teachers of the art. And then there's me. And I am really, really bad. (laughs) And everybody knows it. And I'm always behind and I struggle to keep up. And sometimes I cry to myself a little because I feel bad for myself. But it's such a beautiful thing to let yourself be bad. Like just let go of I need to get this right and I need to get all the steps. And sometimes I throw my hands up in the air and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm I'm not doing the combination that the teacher told us to do. And sometimes I want to give up, but I don't. I stick it out all the way through class. 
And my teacher literally said something. I, sh- I shit you not. This is what he said. He was teaching me something and he always needs to give me a little bit extra help because obviously it's been a while since I've danced and I never danced that advanced. So he said something along the lines of like, you're pretty coordinated for a bad dancer. <laughs> and the whole class was just laughing. Um, and it was like, for it, at the same time, it was also kind of a big compliment for this particular teacher because it's hard to get any compliment out of him because he's one of those like older ballet teachers. But anyways, just hearing that was kind of like, I know most people would be offended, but I was actually flattered that he saw my effort. You know, he's like, you're a bad dancer, but like you're trying and something's actually coming out of it. He came up to me after class. He's like, Mary, just come once a week and you'll get so much better. And so I'm, I'm sticking with it. I signed myself up um, for a class in a couple of days and I'm just going to keep on going once a week, even though I'm uncomfortable with it. So it's really important to be comfortable with being not only uncomfortable, but just like bad. And um, actually, one of my friends, Nick, he was telling me, it was like over a year ago that he was taking improv classes. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, do you want to be a comedian or something? He's like, no, it's just improv is really good because it teaches you to be bad. That you're going to be not funny and you're going to stumble on your words and it's awkward and quiet and you don't know what the hell to say because you're trying to improvise. And most of the time, nothing good comes out of you. Most of the time, you're just making a fool out of yourself. And every once in a while, you'll say something funny and people will laugh and it's flattering. But most of the time, you're really, really, really bad. <laughs> and improv is one of those things that most people are really bad at it unless they're experienced. So doing things like that, like kind of putting yourself in positions where you just train yourself to not have to be perfect and you're so bad that you let go of that expectation completely because you're you're kind of a lost cause. <laughs> and so things you can just practice like, I don't know, writing, maybe like writing poetry. I don't know about you, but <laughs> when I write poetry, most of my poetry is is pretty cringy. Like it's pretty eh. <laughs> or painting, um, or um, running, or, I don't know, photography, or anything like artsy like that. Um, And another place is like social interaction. Again, yesterday when we were driving in that same conversation, my boyfriend and I were talking about like awkward silences. And I just keep repeating, like, it's not awkward unless you make it awkward. Like the only thing that makes a conversation awkward is if you're too in your head worried about what you're going to say next because then you're not listening to the person. But if you just like be with the person and you challenge yourself to just listen to them and to not have to come up with the perfect thing to say and you're just yourself, that is just such a good practice to embody. Let me just take a dramatic sip of tea before we move on to the next one. Okay. The next one is just like a couple questions for you to think about. And that is like, what do you love the most about your best friend? I mentioned this at the beginning, but the people that I love the most, they're not perfect. They're (laughs) kind of weird and they have flaws and they bother me sometimes. And, you know, there's nothing perfect about the people we're close to, right? Because we really get to know them and their imperfections, but we end up loving that about them, right? Like, I don't know about you, but People like literally get more beautiful to me the more I get to know them because I'm just, I love people. I'm really interested in them. And so the more I get to know people and all their flaws and imperfections, the more I actually end up loving them 
And another question that you can think about is like, what is your favorite memory? And this favorite memory, like what were you doing? Who were you with? And now think about like this person who's close to you, your best friend or your partner, and think about your favorite memory. Are either of them perfect? When you think about your best friend, are they perfect? Probably not. We've already established that. And when you think about your favorite memory, was it this like perfect experience? I mean, you might call it perfect because it was perfect in its own way. But some of my favorite memories are the memories where it's like, I almost didn't make it. (laughs) Or I, you know, something really funny happened and dorky or I don't know, you accidentally like something embarrassing, you know, and you just end up laughing really hard. Or um, I don't know, like some of these days that I remember going down in history as in my my top favorite days, most of them happened that way because they didn't go according to plan, because they were unexpectedly wonderful. And on the flip side, A lot of the times when I plan this perfect day or this perfect date or this perfect birthday, like for some reason, I've always had this weird thing about my birthday where my birthday never ends up being like a good day for me, Um, partly because like family stuff. But then another reason is just like me expecting it to be this like wonderful day. And then because I (laughs) set this unachievable, unrealistic expectation and then I don't meet it, I end up being disappointed. And so, you know, on my birthday, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's a day that no matter how hard I plan, even if I want to get friends together or have this perfect dinner or buy this perfect dress that I'm going to wear, like, I always end up being disappointed. And on the flip side, like, the times when I am, I don't know, didn't plan my outfit good and I randomly, like, got together with some friends or something went not as planned, like we were supposed to do this, but we ended up doing that. Or, you know, we, you missed your flight at the airport and whatever, like some of those moments and days end up being the best days ever, right? I don't know if you've had those experiences, if it's just me. So all I'm saying is that we all have this expectation of what a perfect life looks like, But that's actually not what a fulfilling life looks like. And that's the same thing with like your best friend. Like we don't expect perfectionism from the people closest to us. We're always kind to them. We're like, you tried your best, babe. Like you got this. Like you're amazing just the way you are. But we're always just so hard on ourselves. And so these questions are things that I like to ask myself just to like challenge myself to focus on what really matters to me. And what really matters to me is adventure, having fun, uh, being free, being present, really connecting with people, allowing myself to enjoy my life. And perfectionism and control, there is nothing about those things that matter to me that require any level of control or perfectionism. In fact, They require the opposite. They require a lot of surrender, a lot of going with the flowing, a lot of ease, a lot of just loosey-goosey fun, you know, whatever kind of free-spirited energy. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what I try to embody these days. Another thing that I heard a few years back, and I will never forget this. I think I read it on like a Pinterest quote, but it really landed with me. And it was like, 
four things that brave people say. Four things that brave people say. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. And guess what the last one is? So it's thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. And I don't know. That is such a brave thing to say. I don't know. And it's something that I've been trying to say more often. I say this every year that I've been trying to say more often, but I'm one of those people that like, I'm so, I really pride myself on always knowing the answer to the test and trying to be a good student and, and raising my hand and, and knowing things. And if I don't know, I'll Google them and I'll tell everybody else. (laughs) And I want to know more things. And I love that about myself. Don't get me wrong. I love that about myself. But I also want to be okay with not knowing every single thing. And so when we say, I don't know, whether you are talking to somebody else or talking to yourself, just stop arguing. Stop arguing and see what happens if you say, I don't know. Chances are it's going to be much more peaceful. Um, chances are that the other person is just going to be, I don't know, a lot more receptive, I suppose. Um, I try to practice that when I'm talking to my friends, especially because these days everybody has a lot of like mixed feelings about how we should be approaching the pandemic. And, um, you know, there's always people who have different opinions. And so (laughs) I'm trying to get used to saying, yeah, I totally see what you're saying, but I don't know, girl, like I really haven't figured this out for myself. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what I would do if, you know, Um, and just try practice saying, I don't know. It kind of goes back to like challenging yourself to be bad. Challenge yourself to not know sometimes (laughs) and to be okay with that. Like overall, just stop arguing with yourself. That's a big way to let go of control. And the last thing that I want to share with you is know that the more you try to regain control or be perfect, the more you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And this is especially related to like food and body image, but the more you try to diet, the more you try to not gain weight, the more you try to control like what you're eating or how much you're working out or what your body looks like, the more disappointed you're going to be. And this is just like a fact of life that what you resist will persist. So if you keep resisting, surrendering to the process, then you're just going to keep finding yourself like hitting this wall. And so the more you actually let go of control and you let your body be and you eat when you're hungry and and let yourself just enjoy the food, the better you're going to be in the long run. And this is something that I just kept on reminding myself, especially I was as I was uh, can't talk, especially as I was going through my journey of gaining weight and trying to heal my relationship with food. And I was going through a lot of binge eating episodes and everything inside me. I wanted to be like, okay, Monday, I am getting my life together and I'm going to start the morning with going to the gym and then I'm going to have a smoothie and I'm going to regain control and my body is going to be perfect and I'm going to get on top of my grades. And, you know, I think we all get into those moods where we're like, okay, 
I'm getting my life together. (laughs) And I know sometimes we say that jokingly, but most of the time we kind of mean it. Um, And the more we say that, what that implies is that our life is somehow out of control, right? When you say, I want to get my life together, it implies that your life is not together. But the truth is your life was never meant to be together. There's no such thing as this perfect in control life. There's no such thing as always being on your A-game, always being on. Like even the most successful, admirable people, they also have days where they're not (laughs) performing and your life isn't meant to be a performance. You are meant to exist, okay? Your life, you weren't born to just diet your life away and work your life away and not take any time for yourself and constantly try to be perfect to please other people. Like you are not put on this planet to be that. You are put on this planet for you. And the more you focus on yourself and the more you focus on joy and fun and ease and happiness and flow, the happier, not even just the happier, but the more fulfilled you'll feel. You'll feel much more at peace with yourself and your life and where things are going. So remember, anything that you can't control is actually teaching you how to let go because I think we can all use a little more surrender in our lives. So I hope that this episode has resonated with you. I hope that there's some tidbits that you can take away from it and apply to your own life. Um, As always, let me know how you like it by screenshotting it and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love to see that you're listening and stay tuned for next week because I have a big announcement, probably the biggest announcement of my life. And I am so excited to share with you. I'm going to share on Instagram and on the podcast. So make sure you're staying tuned. Okay. I love you so much. And remember, you are perfect just the way you are. There is no need to try to be perfect because you're already there. Your life is playing out exactly as it should be. And I love you. I support you. And I'm so here for you. Talk to you soon. Bye.